101 of the plus one player podcast i am one of your hosts steve and this week i am joined by the man who's just happy to be here we're happy to have him it's matto how you doing today matt steve uh i have good news for you yeah i'm happy to be here oh my goodness <laughs> you hear that folks this guy's happy to be here and you know what i'm happy to be here with you we're happy to have you oh and my this God. week once again we are joined by a good friend of the show neil rivera how you doing Yo. this fine wednesday neil i'm wonderful uh you could also say that i'm happy to be here i'm just happy to be in front of a microphone again uh and not in yes. front of a screaming child yes oh because it's God. a big difference from the last time we spoke you are now a father and you're married big life changes for you so what has that been like all these adjustments was i married i don't even remember like this year has i don't remember that was so a while back. nuts like <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no yeah 2019 has been crazy um yeah no being a being a dad is awesome it's you know right now i haven't gotten to the point where everyone told me like oh you're not gonna have time to play games anymore because like all she does is sleep and eat and and, and that's good yeah so i mean that's i've good i've gotten it, plenty of game time in <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah talk to me in about six or seven months when she's like crawling and mobile and like starting to develop her little attitude but she's awesome man parenthood's awesome <laughs> that's incredible so has she shown some interest in the games that you've been playing oh my when god you've been hanging out with her <laughs> alex almost because her her family was like kind of big on the whole like well their eyes are still developing so don't let them look at screens kind of thing and i swear the oh, first okay. week uh, there's a picture of me. I think I put it on my Twitter um, where I've got the little boppy pillow and she's kind of like I'm sitting in my office chair and I've got the boppy pillow and she's just kind of about chest level and I'm playing destiny with my mouse and keyboard and she just all of a sudden just turned her head to look at the screen and was like, well, I'm in the middle of a crucible match, so I'm just going to let this ride. And yeah, once I told her about that, but no, yeah, she's, she, she likes bright lights. She likes, um, you know, I mean, screens and stuff like that. Like we kind of gave up on the whole yeah. screen thing after like the first two, three weeks. Cause it's just inevitable. Um, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she's, uh, she's calm enough to let dad play her game. So I take that as, uh, her being interested. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for her first words to be Aldrin. That's going to be fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> just like playing a bunch of Destiny with her. But that's fantastic. I'm happy to hear that you're, you're, you got a little gamer in the making, which is fantastic. Because, I know. You know I... We got to keep passing down this this proud pastime. <laughs> that's no, that's what it's all about. Like, that's, uh, you know, growing up, like, that's my strongest gaming memories are like with my dad. And so, like, yeah. I can only hope and wish to do the same thing for my daughter. And of course, you know, I'll support her if she decides to, you know, be into sports and or other things. But, uh, you know, if she, <laughs> oh, if she gets into games, it'll, yeah, it'll be because me and her mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we're so happy to have you back. It's been a while since we got to chat, and we got some cool things to talk about this week. But before we do, we do have to keep the house clean, as we always do. So please follow us on social media at Plus One Player, and that's at Plus the Number One Player. And go check out the website, which is PlusOnePlayer.com. There you'll find all the content, and you'll find links to the Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash PlusOnePlayer. I love how I called it the Twitch. <laughs> so you can go check out our streams. And I'm, I'm getting the itch to start streaming again because Death Stranding's around the corner, and I, I'm very much going to stream that game, mostly for Toot, because Toot asks so nicely in the Discord. 
So I'm going to do that as a personal favor to our good friend Toot. And uh, also on the website, go check out the links to the Discord, which I just mentioned. You can hang out with good folks like Toot Loot, who is just a great human being. And we got some other good folks in there, too. We're having great conversations, so we'd love to have you. Unless, of course, you're racist, in which case, you do not get to watch the Death Stranding streams. You're mm-hmm. fucking out. Yeah, no babies for, for you. Yep, if you're racist, do. fuck off. Exactly. You don't get any bridge babies, you don't get Guillermo del Toro, and you don't get any possible sights of Norman Reedus' cock. How, what's the over-under on that you see his, like, his, his oh. uncensored penis? I think we in see it. I think we see it, folks. Oh, it's okay. rendered in detail. If anything, That's why it took so long to come out. If anything, we're seeing just the tip. But okay. I digress. So go join the Discord unless, of course, you're racist. So after all that, if you've enjoyed the content, if you enjoy hanging out in Discord, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two. Every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. We have an amazing group of supporters, including the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. So go check them out at nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. Get all your rad nerdy gear there. It's getting cold out in the Northeast, and they got beanies. So go order yourself a rad nerdy beanie. Keep yourself warm. As the here, fall here down chill. in here down in Georgia, I can now wear a light jacket outside hey, without there you go. sweating. You, can, wow. you know where you can get light jackets is uh, nerdiestbrands.com. So yeah. go check them out and use the code plus one discount at checkout. That's plus the number one discount. Get fifteen percent off your order. And with that, the house is clean. But before we get into the episode, we do have a little bit of a bummer uh, of an announcement. And uh, it's that Kate is no longer going to be doing the weekly podcast. She just has some conflicts. There are chances where if we do some other shows in the future, like spoiler cast and things of that nature, where she could pop up. But she is still hanging out in the Discord. So that's another reason to come join the Discord. If you've enjoyed Kate on the podcast all these months, this past year, go join the Discord. and You can still chat with her. But from all of us, Kate, thank you so much for all your hard work over the past year, everything that you've done, and it's been a great opportunity to get to know you. You're a wonderful person, and I look forward to the next opportunity where we get to chat about some cool games and maybe some TV shows. Watchmen is right around the corner, so let's chat about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So we all pour one out for Kate, and by that I mean I just took a sip, because let's be real, I'm not going to pour one out indoors. That's crazy. I think Neil might have actually poured one out though. So hey, I, he's I, taking. I was looking for something. Like I was looking for something to pour. I saw you guys both taking sips, and I was like, "Damn, I didn't bring my drink. I was in such a hurry to get here." I'll eat an ice cube for her. Yeah, there you go. There we go. I'll eat an ice cube for anybody. There you go. So thank you so much, Kate. We love you. But now it is time to get into the episode. So we're gonna kick it off with a little bit of a, a Destiny chat. So. I'm not going to go too much in depth on uh, my thoughts on it. I'll, I'll kind of briefly talk on just the things you two bring up, mostly because, and here's a nice little plug, I've been doing a weekly podcast with our good friend Maria, and uh, it's called What We Keep in the Shadows. It's the Destiny 2 podcast, so go subscribe to that, listen to us, at release every Wednesday. But I've been talking all about my experience in Destiny 2, but I'd love to hear what you guys have been thinking about Shadowkeep. So, Neil, why don't you kick it off since you are our lovely guest? Yeah, no, um, Shadowkeep is, I mean, like, this has been the year of destiny for me, like, just straight up. Um, I played when it launched on PC, kind of just 
played through the campaign, bounced out. Like, and and for context, I didn't really dive too deep into Destiny One. Like, I was kind of turned off mm-hmm. by. I was like, wait, it's a bungee game. The campaign kind of sucks. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't realize what it was at the time. And mm-hmm. really, the kind of catalyst for everything was Anthem. Like, when Anthem came out, and like really just kind of came out like a wet fart. Like, I really <laughs> had that like that 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 itch for like a looter shooter something where i felt like i was you know the, the my biggest complaint of anthem was like i don't feel like i'm getting more powerful i just feel like i'm just getting more cosmetic shit and so that's exactly like, oh. what got me back into destiny 2 was because i liked the the gameplay loop of anthem i thought the javelin was really cool mm-hmm. but then once i finished it i was just like well destiny was just a way better game so i went back to that right All and right. so those similarities yeah, yeah. just kind of like wow wish i was playing destiny yeah, this yeah. Reminds and me I mean, of Destiny. Wish I was doing that. I hadn't played Destiny in months. Like, I mean, I played it, you know, like literally vanilla Destiny two when it came out on PC and just beat the, the campaign. Way. And yeah. so I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll bounce in. Like, I, I thought about buying Forsaken. I was like, ah, eh, you know, let me just buy the, you know, let me just play the the campaign again and just kind of see if I get the itch. And yeah, like the rest is history. I've, you know, bought Forsaken, yeah. played through Forsaken, like all through the summer. Like that's pretty much my game that I've gone back to over and over and over again. So of course I was day one on shadow keep. Um, I missed out on a lot of like the server issues. Um, Cause I had some other stuff going on, but yeah, no, it's, I thought the campaign, especially coming off of Forsaken was kind of weak. I felt like it. There wasn't much going on beyond just, you know, hey, we're introducing oh, yeah. the nightmares, and mm. you know, I've never been one for Destiny lore anyway. Um, oh. So it was. <laughs> yeah. Don't let, yeah, don't let Matt Martinez hear that. Reason. He'll uh... no, please yeah. school me. Like eventually, like eventually, I feel like it's it's just a matter of time. Like that and World of Warcraft lore are like the two where I'm like I've played the hell out of World of Warcraft, but I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Um, oh yeah, we gotta we yeah. gotta get him introduced to Matt Martinez then. <laughs> oh, I right. feel like somewhere right now he's got like an itch. Yeah, right. he's, he's like, like in his brain. Just like, oh, yeah, something's not right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like it's it's really it's all about the grind, right? Like it's all about yep. just coming back and doing the daily quests and like giving you a reason to come back. And like I think the introduction of the battle pass, the season pass, whatever you want to call it has been just like I think the biggest improvement you know and it's such a small thing and it, it's easy to look at it and say like oh well you're just ripping off Fortnite but it really like in in the scope of what the destiny grind is it makes the most sense as far as like well oh, yeah like I, I I've always felt like doing like the bounties and stuff like that was cool but I never felt incentivized to do them because it was like well mm-hmm. you know unless I really have to unless I you know unless I'm getting a really cool piece of gear at the end of this I'm not really gonna do it um, but this one yeah. kind of always encourages you to go in and pick up three four or five and and you know kind of mix yeah. and match right no yeah 100 percent agree yeah because like I would usually just like eh, I'll do the bounties that I have to do Yep, and then like I right. won't touch anything else. Now I'm just like, eh, you know, let's see what, let's just go around. Let's see what we can like actually do because now it all actually matters. It all actually does right. add it tallies to something. Well, because like before yep. Shadowkeep, it was you. You had Ikora was her weekly was just do bounties, and so like yeah. once I hit that, I was like, all right, cool. You know, like I would do oh, yeah. the same here. The I would do the the weapon the weapon master ones just to get the uh, the enhancement cores. But then other than that, oh yeah, I still do those just, ones. Every oh day yeah, I'll like those are the first ones I get day in and day out. Boom. Um, oh yeah they're they're easy too oh it's fantastic i love those especially when it's like 
oh, get a pulse, get pulse rifle kills and solar rifle kills, where it's like, haha, my solar weapon is a pulse rifle. Yes, <laughs> it's the most satisfying, and like it's at the end of you know at the end of like you know if you're doing a strike or if you're playing you know a match in Crucible, and just to see everything just pop all at once, it was like, oh, you know, I got yeah, all this fantastic. gear, and oh, hey, look, I just hit another level. I mean, it's just, I'm sure there's something you know psychological going on back here that's just like not just one or two rewards but like you're getting you know rewards here and there and like oh you're leveling up your valor and you're doing this and yep. you know i think emmett watkins jr you know pointed that out when it first uh released shadow keep and i agree with him 100 percent. like it's just you know like an orgy of stuff going on but Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that's why I like the Vex offensive so much. It's because like still haven't you, gotten to play that. Like, how do you how do you do, do, do it? <laughs> uh, you have to do. There's a certain mission on the Shadowkeep campaign that once you do that, it unlocks. When do I get it? Like I'm at like I feel like I've done everything. Well, no. So it, it was weird. I had to look it up, and Kotaku I think put out something that was like, you know, basically saying like, oh, it's confusing as hell. Um, once you I, and I don't remember like you know it unlocked at one point right like it wasn't there when yep. Shadowkeep launched but it was you've got to now the Vex are like invading on the moon you have to like wait and find you know like one of those drop points and defeat the gate lords I think you have to defeat like two yes, or three gate lords that's it yeah once you do that yes. then you get okay. like and it's confusing as hell because when you look at it in the map it says like oh you have to complete this quest but it's like I don't have this quest what is the you know, right, what right. do I have to do okay so. yeah it's one of those quests I think it's like you have to defeat either a number of vex or a percentage of vex and mm -hmm. then you need to defeat three gate lords Right. But it works out well because when those invasions happen, if you catch it at the start, there are three gate lords at in one of those waves. So once yeah. you beat th through that, and it's great, it's amazing because like everybody joins in in the world when they see one happening, and then the loot yeah. you get, it's just constant loot exploding. And then the Vex offensive, my god, that's just so much fun! Like yeah, trying to see I've how heard quickly that. I'm you like, can take well, it down. I want to play it. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Where's this mission? <laughs> I've done everything. Like you probably 9, have 16. it in your quest. Like I can't go anywhere. Yeah, I think you well, probably that's another have it in thing your too. quests. No, that's an, that's another thing too. Like you know, coming into Shadowkeep, I know Bungie said a whole lot that they wanted to make the world and the universe feel like it was more lived in and like stuff was going oh, yeah. on. And mm. like that's a perfect example of like you'll just be riding around on the moon and then that'll happen and it won't be like a you know it's not a marker on your map. It's not uh, oh yeah. let me go do this public event kind of thing. Because even though those kind of feel like stuff's going on, it still feels like, you know, it's a map marker. So mm -hmm. these kind of just happen a little bit more organically. And, you know, like Steve was saying, like they, you know, when you jump, everyone jumps in when they when they happen. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, yeah. And it, you clear it out in seconds. Like there's, it's funny because like the few that I did by myself were like kind of tough. Um, oh, yeah. And they are on a timer. So if you don't kill the Gate Lord within a certain amount of time, it just, they go away and you have to wait for another one to. I think they fixed the, the spawn times because originally when I was doing it, it was like forever. You were just driving around waiting for, for them to pop. Yeah. That reminds me of like in Forsaken. There was like one, like in order to actually get into the Dreaming City, like you had to do like a certain public event and like you had to wait for that public event to actually spawn and happen. And, yeah. like, I remember, like, it waiting for, like, 45 minutes. And, yeah. like, this, like it just kept doing, like, the same, like, oh, it's uh, ether resupply or a cabal mining oh, yeah. thing. It's just, it was the same ones over and over again except the one that I needed. And then, like, yeah. I think Matt, like, went in to do it and it was the first one he got. 
Oh, of course. And it's like yeah. it's like it's completely random, but it's like you, you can. He gets end that because like loop. the destiny gods are looking over him because they know like, he's reading all the lore. So they, exactly, they the destiny yeah. gods grant mm-hmm. well upon him because like, he's just been it. reading up. Yeah, I'll get to the lore. I yeah, we'll get to the lore. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, I only go and check it out like when I unlock new triumphs or something, and then I realize I get like new pieces of lore. I'll check that stuff out. But I'll there's go on, a good like, the amount of time. Wiki and read stuff. Yeah, it's that's how I, that's like, what I did to get more caught digestible. up on Shadowkeep because mm-hmm. I didn't really know the backstory on Eris Morn before this because I played Destiny One vanilla, but I didn't play Taken King. So mm. I really had no idea what this was going into it. So I read up all on that, and it was sounds. I mean, pretty interesting. I love the the way they built the world. I do the like the is, lore. I like the way it's yeah. written more as like a mythology, yeah, yeah. like a straight up like sci-fi. You know, we have to defend the earth. I would like, like to see the... some cool cutscenes though, like because I like their cutscenes, but they're always just so short. And I'm like, this would be kind of cool to see like a little bit more of this play out because I, I I do love the the background lore. Well, yeah, they're constantly just teasing you with story, and then it's like, yeah, and it's like no, that was like, and that was kind of a point of frustration for me in the the Shadowkeep campaign was that like there were a couple of cutscenes, but then like a majority of the story beats were told through that menu with Eris where you're picking up bounties and, and stuff like that and turning in your quest where like you yeah. would just go up to her to turn in a quest and she'd sit there and talk to you. And then, then the, the, the menu would pop up for you to, and it's like, well, that would have been cool if it was kind of told through like a traditional, more traditional means. Um, yeah. Which, I think I they're going to be adding, I think it's not like, there's gonna be stuff oh, yeah. coming, like yeah, oh for in, sure, like yeah, in in the Shadowkeep like campaign, there's gonna be like more to it, I feel like down the road. Yeah, they're definitely going yeah, like the, down the WoW path where it is like, all right, cool, here's your big box expansion, but we are gonna add, you know, like they add raids and they add you know updates, and that, obviously that's the plan with the seasonal content. So I can't wait to uh, play oh, the yeah. raid. Oh my god. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm I'm light level. I think I'm nine twenty six is what I hit. Um, I just got to 921 last night, so I'm, nice. I'm getting there. I'm God, getting it, it really just starts to drag there. Like, once you hit 900, man, yeah. it is a yeah. grind. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's funny, though. I love though, the artifact. I, I, <laughs> no, I wanted to touch on it. I've actually been playing a lot of um, remote play now. Oh, um, really? Since they added the controller support on iPads and stuff like that. I've just been bringing my okay. iPad to work and, oh, really? and logging on the Wi-Fi. Oh, and it, wow. it runs. I mean, like, obviously, I'm connected to a strong Wi-Fi connection there. My my PlayStation's connected to a strong Wi-Fi connection here. So, I mean, like, it works. But, uh, yeah, I've been able to bang out some uh, some bounties and, and do wow. some quests and play That's some awesome. Iron Banner. And, you know, it, it, it works. <laughs> so Damn, I'm, that's I'm excited to see what the future holds. Wow, that's pretty. <laughs> Man, what a time to be alive! That is fantastic. <laughs> like I'm literally playing Destiny on my iPad, and like people are coming into the break room and being like, "What are you playing?" And I'm like, oh, it's "I got Destiny. bounties, like, man." You know, yeah. uh, just because I leave the home doesn't mean the work stops. Nope, yeah, Iron Banner, like, man. You got to get that. You got to grind it out. This is my other job. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into Iron Banner this week for sure. How do you guys like the changes to? the armor 2.0 how do you Mm. like the changes to kind of like the world economy because now you know upgrading your weapons and fusing your weapons has shifted to you just need those enhancement i like that it's so much more i love it it makes like rather than oh you need to go to mars and get like cubic zirconium and blah blah, whatever right that's just like oh i gotta go there and like farm you know quests and activities for that yeah like one a, of the things you guys mentioned about bounties is like um, one of the things we haven't touched on is the the XP that you get from bounties now 
is incredible. Like that mm-hmm. is one of like the biggest reasons to go and do yeah. bounties at like whatever planet you land on. Just go see the 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 merchant there, get as many bounties as you can, and yeah. do them in your time there because it's going to be worth it. Yeah, because it went from being like, why, like, what's the point? Why would I, you know, do these? You know, I'm barely getting anything from it. Until like, yeah. oh, now there's no reason not to because you're getting XP exactly. and that's all. That's it's all adding up to like your season rank. Yeah, yeah, no, back back to the whole armor 2.0. Like it feels like. You know, it felt like pre Shadow Keep that you were relying a whole lot more on random drops for you know a piece yep. of armor to drop and it to have the the specific perk or whatever you know enhancement that you wanted. And this yeah. one feels like okay, well, I want you know like I've got this hand cannon that I really like. Like I want to put everything into you know like I I did it. I can't remember if I did it today or yesterday, but um, you know I. I got a, a you know new gauntlets and i was like oh let me i got this hand cannon mod let me do this i went into the mm. actual hand cannon like increase the the capacity and i was like oh man this thing's a beast now like it felt like i was actually improving the weapons i already had rather than just waiting for a more powerful one to drop yeah i love that because the the ability now to change out your mods yeah it costs like 5000 glimmer but i got to tell you i've never been hurting for glimmer ever since no. the update mm-hmm. because they increased it and because when you're doing bounties not only are you getting xp and you're getting resources you're getting a ton of glimmer on those bounties too yep not so, to mention there's I've, plenty of glimmer in the the season pass too oh yeah you just run and like if you do one event you just like run around and get a bunch of glimmer at this point so the fact that you can now just change out the mods for 5,000 Glimmer, it lets you switch up your loadout, so that way you have kind of almost different weapons for, like, different activities that you're going to do. So I think that's really awesome. It lets you change it on the fly. So, like, if you're taking off... Because uh, I love those bullets where it's, like, the, the barrier-breaking bullets, but then you mm-hmm. also have the ones that, like, take out, like, Overlord champions or, like, uh, they make them stagger. So it just added so much strategy, so much customization, where it really starts to feel like you get to have a lot more control of your character. Like you were saying, you're you're less reliant on all these random drops because I'm the same way. Like I love, I think I think that the Karsten Gauntlets. It's the ones with the vampires caress because it, it when you melee kill, it takes a little bit of health from them, yeah. so it heals you. So I have those. Like I always infuse to keep those going because like mm-hmm. that's the one that I, I love. And so the the ability to like also be able to customize that to change it so it increases other stats like I love having like good recovery and good intellect so that way I heal quickly and mm-hmm. I also recover my super faster. All these changes just made it so much for like quality of life like I love going in there finding new weapons like finding new ways to make my armor better finding new ways to make my stats better. It's just giving me, like, uh, every week I have a new reason to go back into it. It's, like, at this point, like, every day I want to go back into it and start playing different things to try to get, like, more exotic drops and things like that. So it really has brought me back full circle. Like, Forsaken got me back in for sure, but this Mm. is, like, man, I am so looking forward to what they have to come because, man, it's already so good. Yeah, I think people were kind of, like, worried and and excited about, like, because this is, like, their first post-Activision yeah like update really yeah so people are like interested to see like, oh how's it how's it gonna go and uh, it's it so far so good so yeah <laughs> for sure a lot, a lot to worry about yeah i don't know if they've put out numbers as far as sales and all that stuff and like what that you know means or you know i'm sure they're probably looking more at player count because they you know they launched the free-to-play version but mm-hmm. i would imagine if the the server troubles on day one or anything there's at least a lot of interest around it so i'd be interested mm-hmm. to see how that holds up uh, you know, I can't remember what it was, but 
there was a really high number of concurrent players on day one. I can't remember the exact number. It was in like the multi millions. It was a lot. Yeah. And wasn't it number one on Twitch for like a week or at least a few days? It was something like that. It might have been, but you know, Fortnite took. I feel like Fortnite's black hole probably like overtook that. <laughs> People just staring at the black hole on Twitch. There. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're Fortnite back. Is, they're good. I don't even. Know. Fortnite is the Thanos of gaming. It's inevitable. Like it's always gonna. You know, there's gonna be dips. There's gonna be lulls. But it's always gonna come back. There's always gonna be something crazy that it happens in that game. Inevitable. <laughs> That's fantastic. But no, I really am looking forward to what more they have to come because I, I think the season pass rank up ability is another thing that's keeping people wanting to do bounties and wanting to do all these things because the more XP you get, the more you rank up for your season. Like when I first looked at the the limit was like a hundred, I was just like a hundred and like two months or like two and a half months, whatever the time frame is for the this this first part of it. Yeah. I was like, man, that is daunting. But yeah. I got up like five levels like last night just playing a few, maybe like a couple hours just because I was doing bounties everywhere I went. So right. now it's actually looking like an attainable thing if I'm going to keep playing as much as I am. But, man, I think that they've done a great job and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if they end up selling some kind of, you know, how Fortnite does, um, you know, oh, if you want to buy – x you know five levels on your battle pass yeah. i wonder if they're gonna end up doing something like that i think that would be smart ish i don't know i mean i i feel like you know oh, the way fortnite does it, it yeah, is I mean. is you know like it, it, i don't know they they do it in a way that makes it seem like all right hey like you've already invested in this like yeah we're gonna ask for a little bit more money but we want to make sure you you get everything in the battle pass because i think that's yeah, for sure when i first heard that they were introducing a battle pass like that's where I was really skeptical because I don't like the idea of feeling rushed to go through my, you know, content. Like I want to be yeah. able to, you know, like, Oh, well I've invested money yeah. into this. Like I should be able to get it eventually. But the fact that it's on a timer essentially kind of scares me. So I'd be interested to see if they, they, you know, come out with a way to just buy a couple of levels here and there. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think, uh, I think we got some good things to look forward to. So that was a, a good chat on Destiny. And if you've enjoyed this, like I said, go check out What We Keep in the Shadows, a Destiny 2 podcast. It's weekly. It's fantastic. And we're gushing about Shadowkeep with all the new things that they have to talk about. So we got some good stuff going over, on over there. So now, with that, we're going to head on over to the topic of the podcast. And what we're going to talk about tonight is it's kind of centered around with Doom Eternal getting delayed till 2020. It kind of brought up a bigger question with us is like, how did delays, how are they impacting games nowadays in this sense that which games have kind of benefited from delays, which games have been delayed and almost been forgotten about in a sense. So they were delayed to their detriment. And how is like the reaction to games being delayed changed over the years with all the stories of crunch coming out and how they're in the spotlight now of, you know, we don't want these awful working conditions. So how has that changed the perception when you find out a game you're anticipating is getting delayed? So we'll kind of talk all about that. But to kind of kick it off, I wanted to bring up Doom Eternal because one of the, the things that stuck out to me the most with Doom Eternal, it was a, that was a big release coming out this year, first of all. That was on the top of everyone's radar as a potential Game of the Year candidate, especially in a year where there aren't a lot of, you know, 
definite game of the year candidates. Like there are some that are kind of like on the line, but when you look at everything that's come out, it's tough to be like, yeah, that's definitely it. Where unlike last year, I feel like it was between God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like no matter who you ask, like that was pretty much the definitive. These are the two. Right. This year it's a, it's a lot of a lot of questions where, you know, it could be this, it could be that, but it's no one's really got like a definitive number 1. So a game like Doom Eternal where it's an established franchise with an incredible fan base and it is doing things a little bit differently to make it almost feel more modern. It's making it feel like a real new entry into the series and not like a rehash. And so that gets delayed and you got people wondering, it's like, all right, well, next year it's looking a little packed. But the biggest thing that I took away from all this is with all the hype surrounding it and all the anticipation surrounding it, you would expect almost a little bit of resentment and anger from the, the fan base when it gets delayed, especially with some of the things that Bethesda has had happen the past year. And I know it's multiple different teams working on all these different games. So the people working on Fallout 76 aren't the ones responsible for Doom Eternal. But a lot of like just everyday people probably don't know that. They just yeah. see, oh, this is Bethesda. It's the same well, company. Well, especially the people that would get up in arms over an announcement like that. They don't mm-hmm. care. Oh, yeah. They just exactly. look at Bethesda the name and so in instead of that reaction we got pretty much everybody just being like oh that's perfect take your time like we're gonna enjoy this we're gonna play this i was so refreshed to see that i loved it i thought it was one of the coolest things i've seen all year in gaming especially well i think people have woken up like uh, i don't want to say woke but (laughs) (laughs) they've awakened (laughs) yeah but like well just because like with with the whole fallout 76 utter debacle that happened i think people are realizing like if that had been announced that there was a delay for that game people probably would have been like oh ridiculous and then it's like there wasn't like as far as we know the game shipped and it was supposed to ship and then we got the game that we got and what happened happened and (laughs) that's that's all she wrote uh so now i think people are like okay oh they're delaying it it has to be for a reason has to be like you know there's got to be some you know dents that need to get you know punched out right like this is a it's a it's a post it's a post no man's sky world it's a post fallout 76 (laughs) world like we've and 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 i say that as someone i say that as someone who like has continually rooted for no man's sky and like who it really fucking enjoyed hard I just I've been playing it. I've they came out the huge update and I've been playing it and I was like this is so close to being a good game. It's so close to being a good game and I've just yeah. like it's it's a buggy minefield nightmare. Yeah, no, I I mean I really enjoyed like I mean at least as far as like the past, you know, like the newest update, you know, like I felt that way after um not I mean I know Beyond is the most recent one, but the one before that. Like mm. after that I was like I can see what you're doing here, but the game's still not like the core of. I was like, maybe the core of the game isn't for me, and then I think they really went around and and anyway, I digress. Like that, yeah, I know. I could <laughs> go. Know, on, no Man's on Sky about is this, is like, great, yeah. but anyway, like you know, this is you know a world where like we've lived through games that were quote unquote rushed out the door, or, or games that shipped quote unquote half finished, right? Like I think yeah. people know, like obviously Crunch comes into you know into play here. Like the majority of us that follow the news day to day the 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 majority of people who are going to be disappointed by um you know a a a doom uh eternal delay are you know at least aware that crunch is uh, an increasing uh 
increasingly important issue in the games industry. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just comes down to like, all right, cool. Take your time both for your mental sanity and for the quality of the game. Like it's only going to make the game better. Um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean the, the, the shitty thing is, is that now I have to choose between doom and animal crossing. <laughs> Speaking of delays, they're, another they're game really, that got delayed. They're very close in terms of content. Yeah. I feel like it's very you know, similar. I loved, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of competition between those two uh, fan bases. I think. I think that's hilarious when the people are like, "Wow, it's gonna get just overshadowed by Animal Crossing." I was like, "How?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let, let, let's be real. There's here. a lot of crossover, Steve. You know, <laughs> it, it's. I mean, and I'm it's sure actually it's been just disc- the whole middle of the Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, I think Tom Nook is the final boss of Doom. <laughs> Yeah. He actually is the Doom Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> he takes, <laughs> takes his helmet off. <laughs> He's retired, and that, that's wrecking. just it. He's just, you know, <laughs> Animal Crossing is just in the future in the world of Doom. And, and, you know, Tom Nook is just a retired Doom guy, and he just set up his little <laughs> shop and just wants to sell his wares oh and, like, just Lord. does not want to kill another goddamn demon. Like, that's it. So, okay, so Doom is all a prequel. That's it. To so Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. That's fantastic. That's his. That's the Doom Slayer's retirement plan. All right, we got it. So now we actually quiet. just figured out that's why the delay happened, so it could match up with its, <laughs> its predecessor. This is the actual reason. We have to establish the Animal Crossing Doom, you know, cinematic video game universe. You know, like we have to I think establish we've continuity. Created something amazing here. <laughs> Doom Crossing. There's there's a there's a really good Crossing. fanfic here somewhere. Oh yeah, we can make that happen. That, we'll do that again when we did the the what was it, the five million dollar idea where we we made Jeff Jeff standing <laughs> the, the oh, Jeff Goldblum that should have been my number one in Amish country. Yeah, that that, 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 that should have been one. my number one moment. I forget, I forget about Jeff Stranding. Anyway, we digress, but uh, yeah, I think one of the the coolest things because naturally with that reaction where everyone's like, hey. We, we understand. I think now we finally turn that corner. Like, after we everything we've seen over the past couple of years where more and more of those stories came to light, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're seeing companies take this stance and be like, you know what, let's push it back. Because in, in the long run, yeah, maybe they – I don't because who knows what their fiscal year is. Like, only they know, you know, so – maybe that changes what fiscal year that falls under. But in the end of the day, that game is still going to sell. That game is still going to make them money. And if it means that they have to take a little bit of extra time to put that polish on it, so that way it feels like a worthy game in the Doom franchise, because that's the thing is you got an established fan base, but they have expectations. So you're asking them to shell out $60. Exactly. And, you know, this is this is then a good again, sign. Then again, some of those Fallout did too. But <laughs> that, well, in their defense, I get well in, in Fallout seventy six defense. I guess it's just saying that that was a multiplayer entry, so I guess it doesn't need to live up to the yeah, same single yeah, player right, standards. I am playing devil's advocate on that because again, I am aware of what that game is. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> but Doom has naturally this very established, long standing history. So. You have a lot of expectations, so I'm happy that they did decide to take the time that they need. And what this does bring into question, though, is where people start to wonder is, like, will this kind of hurt? Because while Doom Eternal is easily going to be looked at, you know, before actually get getting full hands on with it, like, a lot of people play it. I played it at PAX West. It's fun. It's a great game. Like, Doom Eternal is one of those games that you can just play and everything that happens, you're like, that was fucking awesome. Like, that is one of those moments where it's like, this is why games are cool. Yeah. So... 
I think it could have easily been in the game of the year talk this year. And so now next year it gets pushed off and it gets sandwiched between like in this whole area where you got last of us two coming out in February. Then you got the first week of March final fantasy seven remake. Well, part one of that remake is coming out. Then you have doom eternal. And then after that you get cyberpunk and the Avengers game the following two months. Right. So now it's just already a much tighter race for game of the year because everybody is already putting cyberpunk and the last of us two in their game of the year talks without ever really getting into them so how do you think this would affect doom eternal in that aspect right yeah no i mean it's and and kind of back to like what you're saying as far as you know i mean they know what their financials are they know what they need that game to sell in order for it to do well but as the games traditionally don't i mean look at you know wolfenstein 2 like that was a lauded game like when it came out but it didn't sell well you know bethesda will say oh it sold well enough but it got totally creamed by uh assassin's creed and mario odyssey that came out the same day um so i mean you know obviously animal crossing and doom are like two totally different you know audiences and you know first party nintendo games are always kind of just going to do what they do but you Mm -hmm. know you do have last of us you do have you know people i think the 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 craze over last of us will be done by then but you'll have people who are just knee deep in final fantasy like and and people who are waiting saving for cyberpunk and i mean like you know as 2019 has been interesting for me because i feel as a new parent like oh like this gaming as a parent thing isn't so bad but there also hasn't been like you know, a, a week after week after, you know, month after month of games where yeah. I think quarter one of 2020 is really going to be like, Ooh, I kind of got to pick and choose my, like I'm looking at it thinking, right. Oh, I got to pick yeah. and choose my spots. Cause if I'm yeah. going to play final fantasy seven remake, like I may not buy doom immediately. And that really sucks because I was really like originally <laughs> going to be doom, you know, day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. That is okay. a good point. They really did have like an ideal, position with the original release date yeah and that so but like i you know i digress i'd always you know obviously it might affect sales so i'm still regardless happy that they made that decision though which is like definitely oh the right yeah one. yeah i mean if the game's good the game's good right like if, yeah. if it comes out yeah. and it's getting 10 out of 10s like people are gonna flock to it like especially yeah. people who are I kind of the, on the need fence to take, they should take that into account more often and i think that's like it's a hard metric to I think quantify with often because it's like, Oh, if the game's good, like you wouldn't, there's no like idea to be like, well, if the game wasn't as good, would it have also sold? It's it's like, it's like an alternate reality kind of thing. That's hard to gauge, but like obviously putting the time in and having the game come out like as it should be can definitely like affect sales in a positive way. Like, because obviously your game comes out, you know, you get some bad press, like, oh, this was kind of buggy, you know, you should probably wait. Like, then, like, right. it didn't matter when your game came out. It was going to ha- – that was going to happen regardless because you rusted out, and now it's, like, doesn't yeah. – it may as well yeah. have been released, you know, three months later because that's probably yeah. the only only time, like, you'll make the money you thought you were going to make. And to their credit, too, because they didn't even have to do this, but even with the delay, they – with that, they added the Doom 64 as a pre-order bonus. So – like, they didn't have to do that because at that point it was like you'd have to buy them separately. So they're, like, doing a little bit of even extended goodwill. I think it'll be tougher for them to, like, really get game of the year and, like, those types of awards. I mean, best action game, though, for sure. Like, that's something that, that could easily go their way because right. it is just nonstop fun, nonstop action. It's intense. It's fast-paced. It's it's everything that you'd expect from Doom. 
but I think that it, it's obviously going to have a tougher time because now you already have these two known games that are going to get just pushed all the way through to next year's game awards with last of us two and cyberpunk. But I think in the long run, it's not going to hurt a franchise like doom. Like I think yeah. they're, they already got their established player base. So the only thing it might hurt, like you said, is those people who are like, man, this is a lot to choose from now, and I can only pick two of these three games. Which one do I like the most? So maybe right. it hurts like the sales at first, but I see in the long run the game will still sell just like any other Doom game probably would, but maybe better. Yeah. People flock to quality, and I mean, oh, yeah. kind of like what you touched on is like, you know, we talk about it in the games industry all the time of like, there may not be games that are like front and center in you know the weekly yep. news or what we're talking about on podcasts and things like that but you know rainbow six siege is a great example of like a game that you know even today like probably not a ton of people are talking about but there is a community there there and they're rabid for that game and like yeah. if ubisoft were to announce you know the next like you know follow-up to that like i wouldn't be interested in it but i already you know there's a ton of people that will and doom is one of those franchises that like yeah, those people probably aren't like if they're looking at Animal Crossing versus Doom, they're probably gonna pick Doom, you know. Whereas yeah. like <laughs> the three of us, like maybe are a little bit more torn because we like to play everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, obviously the the fan base of Doom is there. Yeah, and so with that, like, how do you think? I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do you think that the reaction that we've seen nowadays has changed compared to what we've seen like in years past? Because even a couple years ago. I feel like, because I, I remember when Red Dead Redemption got delayed from February to November, I feel like there was a lot of people out there who were kind of bummed about it and, like, mm -hmm. vocal about it. And then you had, later in the year, you had the stories of Crunch coming from Rockstar. So I think that ended up changing that perspective. Where mm -hmm. it was like, even with this delay, there was still all of this talking about Crunch. And so yeah. with that, I think that really is what opened the eyes to everybody. It's like, look, delays need to happen. You're still going to get this game. Because what happened is we played the game in November instead of February, and it was still a great game. Like, the people yeah. who love the Red Dead series from the beginning with Red Dead Redemption, or the people who enjoy Rockstar games, that, that was exactly what we wanted. It, it was even more so. Naturally, you're going to find people uh, who don't like some of the control mechanics, and I understand that. Yeah. Tapping X to sprint is dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's oh, yeah, I was get rid of one that, of those Rockstar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that's still a thing. But I think that was one of those cases where that particular one is one of the things that I kind of look to is what really started to change the perception on the reactions we get now when games are delayed. Yeah, no, I mean, it comes down to, and I think both you know, internally and no, granted, I don't, you know, obviously have access to, you know, what goes on internally at development and publishing houses, but I feel like yeah. as a whole, the games industry has been pushing to humanize the people that make games. Like yeah. we are not okay. just, you know, we are not just Activision. We are not just Blizzard. We are not just EA. Like there are people, despite the people at the tops of those companies being garbage individuals, there are human beings that are passionate about the game and like, yeah, it upsets them just as much as it upsets you guys that they have to push this game back. Um, yeah, that, and I feel like just as a whole, like they've done, you know, companies and, and, you know, publishers have done such a good job with waiting until the time is right to announce release dates. I think Sony is a perfect example of, you know, I remember we were like, when the hell's got a war coming out? When the hell's got a war coming out? And like they announced it and boom, it was out in two months. Like, I think yep. that is the way to do it as far as, 
marketing is concerned of like, let's not set any unrealistic expectations. You know, yeah. let's put the, you know, and, and you're going to take your lumps at an E3 when you announce it and you just put 2020 or coming soon on a trailer. But I'd rather do that than, all right, cool. We're coming out in October of 2020 and oh, now we got to push back to 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause that makes sense, especially for folks who do budget to try to plan around those releases. Like again, cause games are expensive. And so mm-hmm. with that, you have to start taking that into consideration where that's how it impacts the sales. But I agree in the sense that I was actually kind of stunned. We got a release date when we did for the last of us recently. I mm-hmm. thought they'd probably wait until like the end of this year to like really announce when it was coming out. So it's great that we now know, but that's another time. Like even when they announced when cyberpunk was coming out and when they announced when the Avengers was coming out, I looked at both those dates and I was just like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if both of those got delayed. Mostly yeah. the Avengers, because I was a little questionable about some of the character designs as, as some other were, but, uh, everything that we've seen now from the Avengers looks like it's amazing. So now I'm a little bit like, well, this is good. It looks like there is some really solid stuff here. But I always kind of, when they announce actual release dates like that far in advance, I'm always super skeptical at this point because at this point, I think it's cool to know when it's coming out. I just don't think it's necessary. Like, I'm one of those people who, when someone says it's coming out fall 2020, cool. All right. You get me like three months of uh, a time frame. Now I have an idea of when to expect this game. And so when, when you give that definitive date, now you're setting, like you said, that hard expectation where it's like, all right then you could open yourself up to some disappointment. Luckily, we are in that time period where we are starting to see a lot of people understand why delays happen as opposed to just seeing it as like, give me game now, I want to play now. It's like, oh no, I totally understand because there's a lot of fucking work that goes into all of these productions. So I do think we're in a better spot now and games are benefiting more so, but I think that there's also a huge pitfall in the sense of like a game like skull and bones where we're at the point (laughs) now yeah like we're at the point now like is this game actually coming out (laughs) yeah i they were really i think banking on like sea of thieves kind of like sputtering out and kind of falling into obscurity which hasn't really happened because they have been like consistently updating it and adding yeah like content and it's it's got a fairly good com- community that still yeah. plays it and it's like yeah i have I still have like my issues with it but it, it, it's like you get a group together it's a, it's a lot of fun like, yeah it's, it's another one of those games that like if you talk to the average gamer like oh no one plays that and it's like no it's got a passionate like i'm i'm in that subreddit like people are in there posting every day like it's it's yeah. definitely got a passionate community it yeah it and i think they were really counting on it to kind of just be like kind of falling off everyone's radar and it, it hasn't yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, we got this pirate game, but we're going to release it, and people are going to go into it and be like, it's fun, I'll go back, but I'm going back to Sea of Thieves. Right. And they're like, they probably don't have that level of confidence where they're like, this game is ready to like take it out and become the new like go-to pirate game. I guess. Yeah. And touching on, touching on the Skull and Bones, like, you know, will it ever, like, you know, CV mentioned, like, oh, well, will it ever come out? Like, it's we kind of live in an age now where we're kind of accustomed to a Jason Schreier article or, or a no clip documentary or, you know, some sort of kind of tell all that kind of tells the story of what happens. 
So anytime, yeah. at least for me personally, if I hear about a game that's going through a troubled launch, like, you know, we can talk about Skull and Bones. We can talk about, I mean, another Ubisoft game, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Like, that game's been in development forever. Like, oh, yeah. the thing that jumps to mind is, okay, well, what's the story behind this? It's not, you know, oh, you know, give me the game now. It's like, okay, well, what's going on? And, you know, it goes back to, you yeah. know, humanizing developers and, you know, maybe there's some sort of internal conflict going on with that game. And, I don't know, that kind of stuff has always interested me, you know, as, as gossipy as kind of it can be sometimes. Oh, yeah, because it, it's kind of in a similar vein, but I, I don't want to go too much into this but it's like with um because it was ghost ghostwire tokyo when showed at e3 mm-hmm. and then and then akumi nakamura stepped down as creative director so yeah. that, like that's one of the things it's like wait whoa 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 <laughs> it's like what happened here so that's <laughs> another one like, I, I agree with yeah like i want and i think that we're lucky that we do live in that day and age because there is a chance that we could eventually find that story out you get a lot of people who are looking for that type of stuff and like i love those uh, the no clip documentaries but i digress the thing with Skull and Bones, too, that sticks out to me now is with all of these delays and just this flat-out uncertainty, what's happened in the past couple of years is we've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey and now, most recently, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And it's not like this is anything new with Ubisoft games. We're talking about the microtransactions because Ubisoft games, as far as I can remember, have always had some sort of microtransaction. Mm-hmm. Naturally, it gets a little bit intense with odyssey and breakpoint because you can quite literally just buy all these boosts and skip a bunch of things that you have to do and so i'm of the belief like i honestly i don't care like look i understand that microtransactions can be predatory mm-hmm. it doesn't and so like i understand that like there it shouldn't be you know targeted towards people who are under 18 i think that's terrible because you you have to if you're 18 or over that's when you can make those decisions if you want to start gambling if you're making your own money if it's your credit card go nuts that's your money do with it what you want to do so with that like i can look past that because i can just not personally buy any of the stuff so i can Mm -hmm. just play through the game and enjoy it but now you have that negative perception out there because now you have these stories every story about breakpoint has been about the microtransactions very few people have talked about the game at all. It's mostly just like, this is a microtransaction shit fest. Mm -hmm. And so now you start seeing these games from Ubisoft going that route, which is, again, nothing new. They've pretty much had microtransactions as far back as like Far Cry 4, from what I can remember. Mm -hmm. So this isn't anything new for them, but now it's way out there. And so eventually when Skull and Bones comes out or it gets closer to coming out, one of the first questions people are going to ask, like, well, what's the microtransactions like? And so now all uh, these you, delays you bet, yeah. have <laughs> have not only lost, because now, like you were saying, Matt, they lose some interest because Sea of Thieves is still going very strong. They keep updating it. They keep adding content. It's a lot of fun. It's got a strong community. And so now you have that coupled with all the negative publicity on other Ubisoft games. And then you have a subsect of Ubisoft fans just saying, where the fuck is Splinter Cell? I don't give a shit about Skull and Bones. Where so- <laughs> the fuck is Splinter Cell? <laughs> <laughs> See, he's right here. We got him on the show. <laughs> See, I told him, I'm not just making this up, people. They're out there. And so with all that, I think that's where like these delays can really hurt a game. Yeah, no. And I mean, it, it's it's funny because... When you look at quarter one, 2020, you know, you list, what did you list off? Last of Us 2, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. Last of Us 2, Final Fantasy Remake, Doom Eternal, Cyberpunk. What got lost in the shuffle there? Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, and yeah, that's, exactly. <laughs> that's coming out March, I think March 6th. And it's just, yeah. I, I, I enjoy Ubisoft games. I really do. Yeah. And it's Same just here. one of those, you know, things where, I don't know, they, they, in a crowded, market 
you know, you, you've got to stand out. And I don't think that game is, I think that game is going to get buried and it's going to suck. Um, you know, for that game, for that game, I, yeah. I I'm not going to say that Watch Dogs is going to suck. I enjoyed Watch Dogs, like I, I really yeah. did. I just, think, you know, it's going to suck that that game. Like usually, you see when something's crowded. I mean, back to Wolfenstein 2, where you know you yeah. have three marquee AAA games coming out on the same day. Something is going to get lost in the shuffle, and oh, I think sure. Watch Dogs is going to be a prime example of that because people kind of, you know, the bad publicity from Ghost Recon. People getting kind of tired of the Ubisoft open world thing. I think they really kind of got to go to the drawing board and like reinvent what they do. Yeah. I mean, like that was literally proving your point exactly. The fact that I am actually looking forward to Watch Dogs Legion and I completely forgot about it amongst all those other games. <laughs> yeah. It's no, it looks awesome. It looks great. It's like literally coming out on the cusp of like cyberpunk, which is. Yeah. Oh, God. Is like too close in terms of like premise for people to even be like oh you could go buy this one game where you're like a guy that uses a lot of cool tech to like explore this open world or you could be this other game where you're like a guy uses all this cool technology to explore this open world and it's just like but but which one of those games doesn't have predatory microtransactions? Well, I don't want to say predatory. Which one of which those one games, of those games Keanu Reeves is the better question. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> right. It's all about Keanu. The only microtransactions are uh, outfits for Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I'd buy them. If I can, if I can I spend would. a little bit extra to see some thigh, I'm, I'm doing it. Honestly, if, if, and granted, the, the licensing for this is like a total nightmare, I'm sure. But if you gave me something where I could dress up Keanu Reeves like Neo from The Matrix, I'd pay you money. Five, ten bucks, I mean, whatever. Like, give me a Keanu Reeves Neo Matrix outfit so I could dress up, you know, my Johnny Silverhand as Neo, and you have my dollars. I think that's what we call a $50 million idea, folks. I think that's one of them. There's <laughs> another one. Wow. Hire me, episode. CD Project. Hire two, me. Yeah, two of us. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> give me a ted from bill and ted costume right yeah, oh my <laughs> god that'd be amazing i want to dress him up as shane falco from the replacements exactly in his quarterback uniform. attire yeah that'd be great oh my god. <laughs> so but but that's the thing is like now because now that kind of brought us up into like we were going from skull and bones to watchdogs but now with skull and bones there's naturally we had the uncertainty and now we have it's getting pushed back like it has to at this point get pushed back to like second half of 2020 if it's coming out in 2020 because mm-hmm. it's going to get devoured in the first half. So I think there are still chances for games like that to suffer from these setbacks. And it's again, it because like you said, Neil, like I want to know the story behind it because you know that something is happening to cause this because you know that there are people there that want to make this game and something's preventing it. And it's just like opening up that curiosity, like what's going on? Like, why, why can't this happen? But one of the big takeaways I still have from all this is that I love the way that the reaction has changed. It's switched from mm-hmm. people being angry that a game is delayed to people just being like, hey, take your time. Like the same thing with Shadowkeep. Like we just talked a bunch about Shadowkeep, almost forgetting that that got delayed a couple weeks. Like, yeah, it was only, you know, two and a half weeks. But with that delay, it got it separated itself from Borderlands 3, which is a good move because naturally they're very similar games in the sense of the loot shooting. Mm-hmm. So it separates it, and the same thing happened. Everyone's like, hey, this is Bungie's first attempt, you know, without the Activision umbrella. And that's not to say, like, Bungie is some struggling indie. Like, we all know Bungie's pretty big. They got mm-hmm. some money. They're good at what they <laughs> yeah. do. 
but it was the same thing where it's like, hey, take your time. Like, we are very much looking forward to what you have in store with Shadowkeep because we love what you did with the Forsaken and we love your vision. So we're going to ride it out with you. And so I love to see that the fan reaction has now changed to being much more understanding, which is something I never thought we'd see in the age of social media. Right. Well, with all that being said, let me ask you guys a question. What do you yeah. think the consensus game of the year for 2019 is Ooh. now that Doom Eternal has been delayed? Actually, you know what? This was this was eventually uh, going to be difficult. Game. Yeah, that's it. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I mean, the, like, the, RE2 the Remake is... Oh, that's oh, definitely that's still up, up there. there. Oh, that's still up there. And that's why this year has been so weird. Like, I would never think that a remake of a game could do it, but, man, that game was so good. I played it, I think I played through it, like, five times when it first right. came out again, just because, like, I wanted to do the A and Bs, and I was like, let's just play, like, a fun, like, no worries playthrough. I just went through it. It was great. I uh, love that game. Yeah. No, I, I, I have, that is my, that's my personal game of the year so far, and I literally yeah. have only played Jill play through once like i haven't done leon's like i can't like i'm terrified that game's terrifying but oh it's, man like Mr. i can see X the quality i could see right Sekiro, oh. probably oh, right i there. think Sekiro would get up there for sure and i think this is this is again a good year for that type of game because naturally i mean obviously those souls type games have a very very vast fan base like it's it's no it's not like a small niche market by any means but I feel like those games still don't appeal to the the broader audience where mm-hmm. like remember last year it was like everybody knew mm-hmm. it was God of War like I think that was like the one consensus where this year I don't think there's a consensus like I don't think it there actually really, there hasn't been like the games yeah. yeah yeah like like yeah like you said with God of War and uh Red Dead 2 yeah last year where it was like okay these are clearly like our, our front runners yeah. it's a little more like oh who knows it could it's kind of up in the air now I mean, but I don't, that's why, I, don't I mean, think Death Stranding, like it's going to be Kojima. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's the wild card and like the yeah. wildest of wild cards because that game could be Metacritic yeah. 60 or it could be Metacritic 90. Like, you oh, don't know. Oh, man. If Kojima comes out in a cowboy hat and just goes, wild card, bitches, and just runs off the stage at the Game Awards, I'll lose it. <laughs> One minute. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, does he, does he have a cowboy hat? This going to be perfect. No. Ah, oh, damn. Oh, wait. He's got a binder that says wildcard bitches yeehaw, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, obviously this is an audio podcast, but yeah, my uh, my stepmother-in-law, I guess that's the way I would say that, um, for our wedding got us this little, like, you know, make your own sign thing. And that was the first thing that I put on there. So, oh, that's yeah, the that, only thing that should be on there. Yeah, Everybody Char- needs Charlie to know Day. that you're a wildcard. Yeah, Char- Charlie Day is very near and dear to my heart. Same. I went as, for Halloween last year, this is a, a big spiral, but for Halloween last year, I went as Charlie when he's a lawyer. So oh I had the, the yellow shirt and the, like a clip-on <laughs> tie that like went down to my belly button. Oh my God. I had the glasses. It was fantastic. Oh, that's beautiful. That was a, a 10 out of 10 it. Halloween costume, and it was super comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I mean, going back to games, like 10 out of 10s, like there haven't been any this year. Like, I mean, you can make the argument for Sekiro, you can make the argument for RE2. I think those are your two quote unquote front runners. But I know we talk about swimming in sevens. This is very much like I call it inebriated with eights. Like everything's like a a flat flat 8.0. Yeah, there's been some like definitely good games. Like, um, but that thing is like, I don't like 
is Untitled Goose Game going to be like game of the year? Yeah. I don't oh, think. Oh, for sure not. Like, it's, it's definitely like a big indie titles. But like, <laughs> yeah. if I had to pick game of the year, um, I don't know if you guys played Outer Wilds. Yeah, no, I've heard good things, uh, but I haven't played it. Is it is so good. It just came out on PS4, so I kind of want to dabble yeah, with that now. Um, like, again, but it's like, it's like an indie game. It's, you know, yeah. relatively short, depending on like how you play it, I guess. But it's, I would easily put it as like one of the best games released this entire year. It's so good. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, like the the buzz around that game when it launched was very like this could be a game of the year kind of thing. It didn't speak to me, and I think that's true. Like that has to be the case for a lot of indie games where like it has to speak to you to for yeah. you to make it a game of the year. It's very like, niche. Oh, yeah. Right, you're Some either in or you're and just out. Be like this is boring, and I'm done, and like that is yeah. Put it down. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But like, that's one of those ones that it was just mostly because like I don't spend a lot of time at my PC gaming. Like I'll play like short games on that. And so when they announced it came out on PS4, because one of my favorite things to do with like a game like Outer Wilds is just like lay in bed and play. And so naturally, I really can't that's do that. Exactly on PC. the way you play it. Yeah, 100%. and so you just like chill and like vibe out. <laughs> so now I, I might I might dabble with that because like what was weird is this almost was like a year because of there's so like no many there's not that many front runners. I feel like this was a year where Days Gone could have been a front runner, but like as much as I love that game, I even can't say like this is like a game of the year candidate. Like I think right. that it, it does a lot of cool things and it sets up a really cool world that I'm very excited to go back to if they do a sequel, which I hope they do. I just there were so many like rant like weird things that just didn't fit and some of the story felt like super forced and I can't get over just the random shouting and the voice acting like like he'd be like mm. talking to someone an inch away from him not riding his bike and all of a sudden he'd start yelling and I'm like I don't know <laughs> I don't know what's happening here why are you shouting and that's the thing is like it was a cool open world I was addicted to hunting hordes Right. But uh, I just still can't even put that as like one of the the options for game of the year. Like it's not one that actually comes to mind when people ask me like, "What are your, like your top three? I think it'd be like Resident Evil Two remake. Um, shit, I don't even know if I have a top three at this point. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> may I remind you that Devil May Cry Five also came out this year? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that one came out too. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, that should definitely be that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one of mine, like, there. for sure. Capcom had a really good year, like, when you look at it. Like, oh, and, and they did. You'd think if everything hit, like, that was supposed to hit in 2019, maybe some of that would have gotten overshadowed, and a game like Outer Wilds would have been overshadowed. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's cool being able to see, like, not necessarily smaller games, but games that may or may not have been buried underneath, like, kind of the more heavyweight games get a chance to shine. Yeah. Yeah. I still think, and, like, obviously this is my Kojima bias, but... I think Death Stranding will have a really good chance because it's either going to be like this amazing game or it's just going to be a complete mindfuck that nobody understands and nobody likes. Yeah. I don't think there's like a middle ground for what we've seen so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm taking a wait and see approach. Like it I I was all in like even though the story was like totally nebulous, like nobody knew what the hell it was, like I was in because it was Kojima and like that world looks cool. But yeah. seeing the previews and, like, it not being very action-focused and it kind of just being more about, like, walking from place to place, like, you know, battling against the terrain and stuff like that, like, 
it doesn't seem like a game that I'll enjoy. So like, and that's kind of yeah. going back to like my whole being a parent thing where like I'm, I've gotten, if it's one thing I can say I've gotten better at in 2019 is like looking at and identifying games that like I can appreciate this game artistically, but it does not speak to me. So I'm going to skip it. And, <laughs> I know, feel it like sucks. you are missing out on like this golden opportunity to game playing Death Stranding while holding uh, a, a BB. On your Actual own baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, I might, need to, I might need to buy it and, and, and do a stream just for shits and giggles. Oh, my God. You would. I mean, that'd be incredible. Oh <laughs> it'd be perfect. This is my BB. <laughs> some do, some people take family portraits. Do not post. I do any live streams with my child. On the internet of you with your child inside some sort of vessel. Oh yeah, just make sure there are holes Under in no it. circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> my wife will use yes. that in the, the in my wife. Oh my my wife will use that when she files for divorce. Child Protective yeah. <laughs> Services will be there that's, so that's, fast. That's we call like, that and, evidence. Uh, grounds for divorce. Yeah, he put my baby in the small container while I played Death Stranding. And the judge is <laughs> a Kojima fan, so he's like, I don't see anything wrong with this. <laughs> he's fine. <sighs> you just clearly oh, don't understand Kojima's artistry. Exactly. <laughs> Kojima's actually the judge. He's just like, yeah, I do this on the side. But no, I think that I think it's been a, a very unique year where there have been a lot of good games, but nothing that I'm like that's definitely the one. So I am actually right. really excited this year for the Game Awards because I'm I'm very curious to see how things shake out. I think it's a year that we could potentially see an indie take it home, which I think would be cool. I think a lot of these indie games deserve that type of recognition. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool that Celeste was even in the game of the year nominations last year, like it going against the, the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. It did like going against the heavyweights that it went against. Like we all knew it's like, well, it's not going to win, right. but the fact that it was in there now, it got a lot more recognition, which I think that was a good step. So hopefully this is a year that maybe one of those ones could surprise us. We'll see for sure. But that's been uh, that's been a good chat on all the delays, how they kind of impact games, and how the, the the perception on these delays and the reaction from fans has changed over the years, and it's changed for the better for the most part, which is really uh, really refreshing to see. So if any of you out there have any thoughts on what we talked about tonight, maybe you've been playing Destiny, or maybe you've been playing something else that you'd love to tell us about, give us a call at three four seven five zero nine five six two zero. And with that, before we close out the show, as always, we got to give a shout out to our other sponsor, Evil Tim Industries. Evil Tim Industries grand opening has been delayed until February 2023. We hope that you can deal with this slight inconvenience, but just know that your membership will still be charged monthly, even though you will not be getting any perks from Evil Tim Industries. So Evil Tim Industries, more work for your mouth. Come back in 2023. Man, Doom is the second most disappointing delay of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> My You're still God getting charged. Damn it. The subscriptions are still ringing up. You know, it'll Tim be worth a, it. It'll be worth okay. it. <laughs> You're investing for the future. That's yes. what it's all about. Evil Tim, is a he's a shrewd businessman, but he's a good one. He's a damn good mm-hmm. one. Knows what but, he's doing. Knows the deal when he sees it. So before we wind down episode 101, we got to give another big thank you to Neil for hanging out with us on this lovely Wednesday night. And so, Neil, for all the fine folks out there, where can they find you out on the interwebs? Well, I'm at the young Neil on Twitter. Um, I run slash ran a YouTube page called Red Tooth Games. It hasn't really been something I've been working on lately um, with the baby and the marriage and all that fun stuff. But um, I'm kind of 
putting into motion things that uh, I, I do want to bring back there. So um, I'd Hell really yeah. appreciate it if you guys go over to uh, Red Tooth Games on YouTube. I need to hit 100 subscribers so I can get a custom URL because I don't want to spell out what my url is so um go there follow me at the young neil um i'm on twitter every day my wife hates it um but yeah no thank you guys so much for for having me on steve thanks for uh for for messaging me like it's always a pleasure to be on the show i love uh i love chatting with you guys yeah and anytime you'd love to come back we'd love to have you because this is always a great time and so yeah we'll throw in uh neil's youtube channel in the show notes so it'll be linked in the show notes so make sure you click that Give him a subscription because it'll be worth it when he starts making some rad content again. Exactly. So again, you will be subscri- You will be billed monthly. It's actually yes, a Patreon. Be, yes. You will be yes. billed monthly. I'm just not giving you anything until He's I decide I'm ready to. He's actually a subsidy of Evil Tim Industries, so it's it's ah, all connected. <laughs> right, right. All your money's it's going upon, to the same place. Peter. It's yep. a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Evil Tim has got to figure it out. We told you. He's a good businessman. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. And so thanks again. And with that, it's time to close out episode 101. So if you've enjoyed this, go on whatever podcast service you're listening to us on and make sure you give us a like, you give us a subscription, and you also write us a review. It goes a long way. We really appreciate the support. And unlike Evil Tim, we won't charge you monthly. Unless, of course, you're feeling generous and you want to head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And so feel free to throw us a buck or two because every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. And we get to talk to more rad people like Neil. And that's always a good time. I appreciate being being talked to. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's time to close out episode 101. We hope that you have enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you all very soon.